Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For as little as $32 a week, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with, each and every one having at least a master's degree and over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. And to get $30 off your first month, show your support for this podcast, you use that code beautiful. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Hello to all my nationally renowned newscasters out there. Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Hey everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. We got a very fun one coming at you this week. We got an experiment coming at you this week. Before that, I want to thank everybody who's been supporting the Chris Gethard Show on True TV, by the way. That's a... My TV show that we do live on True TV means so much that the beautiful anonymous fans have been supporting me. Facebook feedback on last week, uh, we had we had a uh, a lady who was who, both a liar, but more importantly, pregnant. Those two things didn't have anything to do with each other. Uh, but the feedback, very positive. A lot of people very charmed by her. A lot of people in the Facebook group. Um, very concerned about the elective C-section. That was the one piece of consistent feedback I kept seeing that I feel honor-bound caller if you're if you're listening. A lot of people saying, whoa, elective C-section, not as casual as you two think it is. So that's worth mentioning. Also in that Facebook group, want to mention Beautiful Anonymous, the community. It's up over 18,000 members. And uh, Paige, uh, there's, a, there's a member of the group called Paige. I want to thank her. She's running a new thing. Uh, called Stuck on Hold, where um, she's helping to put out people's stories uh, if they can't get through on the phone or maybe the stories are shorter than an hour. She is now using the Facebook group. She's facilitated a way where you guys can share your anonymous stories with each other. So cool. So cool. I want to mention that we have some live dates coming up, live tapings of Beautiful Anonymous in uh, Denton, Texas and Gainesville, Florida. But most importantly, this weekend at the Now Hear This Fest, Tickets for all those links are at chrisgeth.com, and I hope to meet a lot of people at Now Hear This Fest this weekend. Now, this week's episode, interesting one, second ever guest host. People remember a few months back, we had Hannibal Burris guest host an episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Got another member of the podcasting family, Katie Couric, reached out. We had some people reach out and say, hey, Katie Couric would love to sit in on a phone call, enjoys Beautiful Anonymous. Katie Couric, you guys may know, being that uh, she's a national institution, and also has her own podcast on Stitcher Network. And I, I was, what a, I'm saying, oh no, I wouldn't want to hang out with one of the legends of journalism for a day. Take a phone call. We had a really fun time. You'll notice, you will notice that she is a very uh, well accomplished journalist and has a journalist mind. I, it's very funny. Uh, Hannibal and I were both comedians, so it leaned very bit heavy. Let's find the jokes. Katie, it, I, I felt so good about this one because I feel like she has so many thoughtful, probing questions with that journalistic style. And then you hear me going like, ah. Uh, also, you look, do you like onion rings? Like you hear me just asking dopey questions, feeling self-conscious next to Katie Kirk, but I think it leads to such a, a well-rounded, um, fascinating conversation. And I want to thank our caller. Our caller called in in a very um, literally transitional time in their life, let us know, opened up, and it was, a, it, was, it was a beautiful call to have, and I was so lucky that Katie was here, and I'll stop rambling. Enjoy this conversation with Katie Kirk. You're going to hear right now her and I getting to know each other, and then we take a call. 
So I want to say hello to all the, the beautiful anonymous listeners out there. This is, we're going to have our second ever co-host um, today on our episode. We had Hannibal Burris many months ago. Why don't you introduce ourselves, our co-host today? Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and I'm going to be sitting here with Chris, and I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And of course, I'm fascinated by your story and by the story of this podcast and what this whole experience has been like for you. But I know that this isn't my show, so I'll wait to ask you a question, Chris. No, please ask away whatever <laughs> yeah. you want. You also do have your own show, we should mention. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm doing a podcast uh, very originally called Katie Couric. We should think of a better name. like Not even the Katie Couric show. No, just, just Katie Couric, because I feel like that's easy to put in uh, yeah. you know, on your phone if you're searching for something. It really is. It cuts right to the quick, but that's I, for sure. I do it with uh, my friend Brian Goldsmith, who's just enormously smart and talented and young. And so we interview a whole array of people, really just have long-form, casual, what I hope are interesting conversations uh, and we do it every two weeks, and it's really been fun. I've really enjoyed this medium, and I find that the podcast audience, I'm sure it's very true with your show in particular, Chris, is incredibly engaged. engaged. I mean, they are so, um, they're loyal, and they're very interested in following the shows, and I hear more comments about my podcast from people on the street or people I see in a grocery store than I really do for anything else I'm doing right now. Yeah, same here. I mean, I've been a comedian for 17 years now, and I would say roughly 90% of the podcast listeners don't know that, that I've done anything else. Just a podcast guy. They're very engaged, very nice, also very intense. Right. I find that they, uh, we have a Facebook group for our show, and they tend to be very protective of the show, and then also battle each other, but always in like a very thoughtful way. It's like very cool... Thing, I, think, I think smart people listen to podcasts, I, I have to say. Too. And at intimate times. Like they listen to them in their car. Or right. they listen to them when they're doing dishes. Like it's always, and it's something you have to subscribe to and invite in. So I I feel very lucky that I found this thing because it uh, it, it also went in like a million different directions. I thought this was going to be a comedy show. I know. I was going to ask you, tell me how this whole format came about. Well, okay. So <laughs> let's see. Earwolf, I was in touch with Earwolf. Uh, before they had a New York outpost, whenever I would go to LA on meetings, I'd hang out with Jeff, who used to run Earwolf, and he was a fan and uh, became a friend. He was always telling me, "Pitch me shows, pitch me shows." But I was here; I was three thousand miles away. It didn't really make sense. So when they moved to New York, they were like, "Do you have any shows?" I said, "What if I just do this thing where I take phone calls?" Because I used to have a public access show where I took phone calls, and I really loved it. It's like, "What if I just take one phone call?" And everybody was kind of like, "I don't know, that could be good, maybe." Let's see. And uh, we did a couple. Didn't release them. Felt like, oh, wow, people will actually call in. And then what happened with me, the long story short, is that our first episode, Ira Glass featured it on This American Life. And then it just went in wow, it exploded. 19 different directions that I never saw. And now it's become like a, an occasionally funny non-comedy podcast that often gets pretty intense and sad. But it's also, I think... I'm very proud of it because I think it puts like regular people up on a platform, which is awfully nice. And why do you think people are interested in hearing kind of uh, uh, hearing all about the lives of people, uh, total strangers? It's a good question that I've thought about a lot. I think um, it's probably I would think there's probably something to be said for it's like an oversaturation of celebrity culture, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you, a lot of people are 
given stuff where it's like famous people they already know and talking to each other and hearing about that. And this, I think, feels like that, but is about people that are a lot more like them. And then my other guess is that we now live in a culture where so much of your time is spent face down in your phone and not looking up and not making eye contact and kind of forgetting that other people are actually there passing you on the street every day. And so I think for a certain type of person, it's like, oh, right, there's other human beings out there actually living lives, right. living it's, real lives. You know, I just realized it's kind of a little bit of a sleepless in Seattle type situation, isn't it? A little bit. It's an apt comparison that I'm happy to take. Now, I want to thank you for being here. I, I have to say, I'm a little overwhelmed. It's not often that I get to hang out with iconic people, oh iconic my God. Americans. Iconic. I always feel like, you know, I'm starting to worry because now the adjective in front of my name is not iconic, but it's always veteran. veteran. And I'm like, is that what they call older people, veteran? Look at the that. veteran journalist. And I'm always like, ah, get rid of the V word, yeah. people. I was doing stand-up. Maybe six months ago, I was doing stand-up, and the host was like, this guy's great. He's been around forever, man. And I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. That's like, I remember when that wasn't the tag. He's been around forever Used doing to be, this. You know, like, a oh, young God. upstart. Yeah. You know, fresh on the scene. Young up-and-comer. And, and yeah. now I'm that guy who's been around forever. It's a big shift. I don't know. So we've had, I'm looking at the screen right now. We've had over 6,600 people try to call since wow, I put up the number. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. It's pretty funny. By the way, before we start, can I ask you what your tattoo says? Oh, uh, this one. So are you familiar with Morrissey, the Smiths, the band from the 80s? I have his signature there. I love Morrissey. He actually signed me. I'm totally kidding. I don't know who that really? is. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you said it with conviction, I believe. And this <laughs> is one you. of his lyrics. It takes strength to be gentle and kind. Yeah. I like that. By the way, I like the I like the uh, typeface you used. Thank you so much. Yeah. That means a lot. It looks like an old-fashioned typewriter, actually. Thank you. You're really great at observations and questions, and it makes sense that you're so successful at your chosen profession. Well, thank you. I hope so. I'm very interested, genuinely interested and curious about people. Like, you can't fake that. Yeah. Well, this is the show for you then. I think we should get to one of the... Jared, I think we got... Good to go? All right, let's see what we're dealing with. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. 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 We're off to a good start. Yes, hello. what's up? Hi, caller. So this is Chris... Um, you may have seen me when I put out the Instagram and tweet today, so I have a very special guest with me. This is the second ever episode that we're having a, a co-host, so I hope that's cool with you. Okay, awesome. Okay, do you, co-host, do you want to introduce yourself to our caller today? Yes, hi, it's Katie Couric, and I hope it's okay that I'm joining you for this conversation today. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Hi, Katie, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm really good. I'm uh, I'm enjoying myself so far, and I hope I have something to add to uh, which I know is is a very intimate kind of profound exchange between normally two people. So hopefully having three won't cramp anybody's style. So I think having three might make it even a little more interesting. I think there's some more ideas floating around, different ways of thinking okay, going great. on. Caller, I got to give you props. Yeah. You weren't phased at all by this. You called expecting such oh, a Chris, I'm actually, I'm, I'm incredibly scared right now. I just want to make that clear. Like I'm like, doesn't about show up to have at a panic all. attack, kind of scared. But we're gonna thank you. I really appreciate that. No way. I, I'm like, okay. I, I tried to spring it on you as a surprise. Like, all right, introduce yourself. Hey, it's Katie Kirk. You're like, oh, that's cool. What's up? Like, you weren't even. <laughs> there was, you didn't even blink. You didn't even blink. Hello. 
Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry about that. Okay, that's okay. Uh, uh, that's what okay. Was that? What was that all about? <laughs> I'm getting scared, man. I'm sorry. No, don't um, be scared. I'm the least threatening person in the world. I know. You're just absolutely amazing. Oh, that's you don't have to say that. That's nice. So, um, do I decide a conversation at this point, or do we just go wherever? It's up to you. I'll follow your lead. It's your it's your hour. You know, now you guys have to tell me, explain to me some of the ground rules of this. Yeah. Like when a caller calls, obviously they're anonymous. Uh-huh. But are there any things? Can you talk about where the caller is calling from? What state? Yeah. he or she lives in or any of sometimes. that stuff sometimes people it's usually up to the person like hey I'd rather not say that yeah but then sometimes people are like yeah I live on some people be like, I live on 27th between 5th and 6th in New York City <laughs> like they'll get it's up to them and really the other thing to always remember is like I just made up the rules too like there's yeah. no and no. do you and and do you uh, do you ever make up names because it's weird to me because I'm a very oh, personable person yeah you and are and so it's kind of weird for me to not to be on the phone with someone for an hour and and not call that person anything. I always just say caller. caller. I just realized this. I've been doing this forever. Maybe we'll make up a name. Who knows? Anyway, Let's see it, where we, it goes. We, yeah, we don't have to. But anyway. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, uh, if you want, you can feel free to call me. Uh, Amelia is the name I use, and I use um, she, her pronouns. Okay. So oh. that's all clear. Okay, great. Amelia, yeah. that's a pretty name. And she, her pronouns. Thank you. Okay. Yes. And I will say, based on uh, the sound of your voice and the fact that you define your pronouns, sounds like we now have something to talk about. Sounds like yeah, th- there's some things there. We can yeah, get into that if you'd like. Yeah, tell me what's going on. Yeah, so I am a um, very early in the process of transitioning to a more feminine body. Wow! Congrats. Socially and physically, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, can I ask how old you are? Uh, I am 20. 20 years old. 20, wow. She's still very, you're a very young person. Yeah. A um, little late for like some things to be more beneficial in terms of transitioning, but I think I'm still okay in terms of age to start. Right. Now, I want to just go ahead and say right out of the gate, I am a person, I am very well aware of the fact that I don't know everything. I'm not I'm not even a particularly smart guy. So if at any point I say something that is bumbling or unintentionally offensive, please do just like jump in, let me know, because it's the last thing I want to do is offend. And 100% the same for me with that as well, because I'm going to admit I'm probably going to stumble and say something dumb through this too. So <laughs> like know that I'm, I, I really like don't want to say anything uh offensive as well because i know it, it's it can be hard it's a weird thing for a lot of people it's not normal for a lot of people yet you know i uh i have to mention that i i did a documentary recently for national geographic about this topic and so i learned a tremendous amount i was one of those people who i just turned 60 i was raised in a very binary uh culture and was having a hard time wrapping my head around sort of the whole concept of, of being trans and what transgender people experience in their lifetime. So I'm actually pretty well versed on this. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I've certainly talked to many experts and have a lot more experience, I think, than your average Joe or Josephine. Right. And um, so <laughs> I think I think I might be able to, um, you know, to talk about this in a way that I couldn't have talked about it a year ago when I actually 
a few years ago, I really screwed up. I had a daytime talk show, and there was a transgender model named Carmen Carrera on the show. And I very indelicately asked her a question about her private parts. And when I found out after the taping, it wasn't live, it was taped, that that was an offensive exchange, I said, you know, I'm a fairly well-read person, even somewhat sophisticated. If I made that error, I think it's important to keep it in the show because it can be used as a teachable moment. And then Laverne Cox came on and told me why that was was considered so offensive to the trans community. Anyway, it, I, I got a lot of um, very, very harsh criticism from some members of the trans community, which motivated me to seek more understanding and ergo do the documentary I did. Yeah. So um, I've been there. And I think, you know, one of the interesting things about this whole issue is that people are afraid to ask questions. I mentioned that during my documentary to Gavin Graham, who is such a terrific person in Virginia, the Supreme Court case based on Gavin's story. Um, and he said, you know, it gets tiring for trans people to feel like they have to be the experts. Right. You know, I don't say to Chris, hey, Chris, tell me about being a guy. Tell yeah. me why you why what's you want like to be a guy. What's it like to have a forehead that big? What's it like? <laughs> what's it like to be a white? What's it like to be a white comedian with glasses? What's it like to be a white male comedian with glasses? <laughs> Nobody ever asked that. Right. That very rare demographic. That very uncommon. But do you find that people people are nervous about the topic, Amelia? Yeah, I think that um, going to the thing about like trans people having to explain things. I think that um, if you're going to be someone who's like living in a world where this kind of stuff exists and we all exist and you want to be someone who isn't like completely ignorant. I think it is your job to learn and educate yourself about the LGBT community, like outside of just asking a member of it about it, because like not all of us know everything. Not all of us are like PhDs and have our super knowledge were like queer studies and feminist theory. Like mm -hmm. I, I think it's very important for a lot of personal kind of exploration into like sexuality and gender by, you know, maybe some cis straight people who want to understand it better. Yeah, that, I mean, it's. A, I think Gavin's point and your point is it's a it's a burden to have to be the one to have to be in addition to, uh, you know, living your life and and transitioning or, uh, you know, to to be the assigned the role of educator too, right? Like, and and so I understand yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, that gets old. Gets old. That being said. I do have roughly one million questions. <laughs> I also have to... Uh, oh, yeah. No, Chris, yeah. feel free. Feel free. No, well, here's the first um, thing. Oh, no, you go for it. You were about to talk. I just want to, like, I, I um, like, just would prefer if there weren't questions about, like, anything related to, like, physical or genitalia for now. No, Like, of obviously, we might, I might make be more comfortable talking about that in a few minutes, but starting questions, like, nothing with that, that's okay. Yeah, I actually feel like that's, to me, something, I don't know how everybody else feels, how you feel, Katie, but I, I actually am like, that to me is feels like one of the less interesting, that feels like everybody's knee-jerk question, but being so, you know, being an artist who lives in New York City, I feel like uh, I, one of my very good friends is non-binary, and, and I'm, I've, I've met a number of people who identify in a non-traditional fashion, so to speak. And I feel like that once you get to know people, it's like, well, that's kind of one of the least interesting things there is to talk about. I agree. Personally. I mean, I think I think a few years ago when sort of the whole notion of a transgender person was, was coming 
on the scene and there was more kind of awareness about it. I think you're right. I think it was kind of a knee-jerk thing as people tried to understand it. And the more I learn and the more I understand, the less relevant it really is because your anatomy really has nothing to do with your gender identity, which is one of the things I learned in the course of the documentary. So, um yeah, I understand. I yeah, we're not going. I'm not going to go yeah, there. <laughs> I don't think that's going to come up, Amelia. I think we're. I think we're in the clear on that. I was more interested. Yeah, in, awesome. Thanks. I'd love to know more about because you're 20. I mean, you said that that's a little late in the in the game in certain senses. I would imagine I'm not totally familiar with this. I would imagine does that mean like once puberty hits, it there's it it becomes a little it, like if you is that what you were saying as far as like 20 is a little late as far as certain things go. Yeah, it's, I, I have had like puberty and developed um, male like secondary sex characteristics. Right, because twenty so, seems so young to um, me that to hear it, that that's to hear like oh twenty I missed the I missed a window on something. It's like wow. Well, so, I think I, I personally, if I could go back, like knowing what I know now, like if I was like twelve, thirteen, I might want to like take testosterone blockers. But I, it's not something um, that I really knew if I wanted like know if I want to do. But it's just yeah. something that I think I missed out on the option right. of. I'm fascinated by personal stories of people like you in terms of, you know, many, many people realize early on who are, who are transgender that they just never felt comfortable in the body they were born in or the gender they were assigned at birth. And, and I'm curious about mm-hmm. your childhood experience and when you, when you, remember having an awareness of this and what that was like for you and 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 how you expressed it so the first time uh i think i ever had a very mature awareness of it was when i was 18 um the winter of my freshman year of college i kind of woke up one day and realized hey i'm pretty sure that i'm not a dude and I don't really identify with a lot of that kind of stuff, so like physically, even like I had a lot of um, physical kind of dysphoria going on. And going back, there are things I can recognize when I was younger that played into it. Um, I think that I was I was raised in somewhere that enforced uh, implicitly a lot of traditional masculine stereotypes and a lot of criticism of like femininity in general. And I think that was very toxic for me because I. I was a toxically masculine person for a long time in high school. And I think that I'm so glad I got out of the, that environment and was able to like, realize like, who I was throughout all of this and that it's okay. Wow. When you say you were taught, when you say you fell into that, what does that, what does that entail exactly? Like, were you like, were you the stereotypical jack? Like the stereotypical I was jock, a like- angry, upset, unhappy person. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was just kind of sad and angry about things I didn't understand. But, but like, how did your toxic masculinity express itself? I mean, were you a bully? Were you uh, oh, super no, no, macho? Oh, no, no, I never bullied anyone. Um, it was more so, like, how I thought about things. Uh, I think I was... Chris, you remember when you were in Parks and Rec? Yeah, yeah. And you were the MRA dude? Yeah, the uh, primary like, episode. Extreme, yeah. But I... But I, pretty good yeah, about I my fell performance. into that kind of thought process because I felt like I had to defend my masculinity constantly because it was something I was super uncomfortable with and didn't know why. And I, I really did fall into like a very, very bad place. I'm not saying that all like people who say they're like men's rights activists end up being like trans women, 
or anything, but it's it's something that I was like fell into for like six months to a year because I was just very scared and uncomfortable. I had no idea what was going on with myself. And I just need to own that and realize that for a little bit in my life, yeah, I was kind of a shitty person. Wow. Um, I never like did anything to anyone or like did weird shit on the internet. I never, I never, I never even <laughs> post or comment or anything, but it was just you like didn't. how I thought about things. I was going to ask, I was like, are you going, were you one of those, were you one of those people on Reddit in those, there's a, you get, you go down some real rabbit holes with the men's red stuff on there. So you didn't, you never posted stuff. Sounds yeah, like maybe uh, you were reading it. No, no, I was, it was, I was too anxious to post anything. Like I, it was always like <laughs> viewing it from afar and silently kind of being like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And how did your how did your parents? I'm curious about your your parents. And you were saying, you know, the kind of male female roles that were emphasized growing up. Did, did you grow up in a in a super conservative home, or what was that like? Oh, I actually well, right now only my mother knows. Um, she's like silently supportive. Like she gets she doesn't understand it completely, but she gets it enough to be like, hey, it's not the thing I'm going to hate you for. Like you're fine. I love you still. Um. And growing up, I think I grew up in a very liberal household, but only to a certain extent. A certain extent, um, like it was liberal in the sense like they were liberal, open-minded people, but not very worldly. Where um, I didn't really encounter a lot of diversity in terms of like race, social class, ethnicity for a very long time in my life and in my community. So, like, it was like accepting people, but only accepting people like the people you surround you with, people that are the same as you. So there, there was a very like a lot of very silent, um, different kinds of prejudice going on when I was growing up. Wow! And then freshman year of college. So freshman year, you went from coming from an environment pretty toxic, buying into the toxicity yeah. of that environment, to it's time, it's time to, it's time to start opening up to myself and realizing what's going on here. So. That's only a few months turnaround. So you, you really just needed to, it sounds like you got out of the hometown and came up for air and was like, oh, there's a bigger world out there in a minute. Thank God. Let's move on from that. It sounds like that was pretty quick. Yeah. That's what uh, most of the people I, I still talk with from high school have also realized that we all kind of think that way. We the, the community grew up in is a pretty toxic place. Wow. But there must've been things that sort of you felt or some kind of sensation, I would imagine, early on, before you even went to college, that made you think, this doesn't feel right. Or did you? Maybe you didn't. But it, this is a fairly, un- I think it's unusually uh, mature or, at, you know, a later age. You, m- most people report, like, at two or three, they just felt very strongly, like, they just didn't feel right in, in sort of their, their own bodies. Did you have anything uh, I, like I, that? I do have mem- I do have things that I, I don't want to like necessarily go out and say like, oh, this was a one hundred percent indicator of the fact that I was trans my entire life. But there are things that I do recognize um, that I, I have always been more drawn to having like girls as friends and being like interactive in like social groups with women. Even in like my family, I've always been a lot closer to my grandmother and my mother than my father and my grandfather. Um, I did have like just feelings of general discomfort and dissatisfaction with how I presented myself for my entire life. And I just knocked that up to uh, low self-esteem for a long time. But that was also a big part of the, the, the trans thing was the, like the hating the body I was born into, but not realizing why for a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And are you still in college? Yeah, I'm going to be a junior in a couple of weeks. How do you like that? I didn't like college. It wasn't for me. Really? 
Yeah, I was not into it at all. I went to a big state school. Everybody who listens to the show has heard me. Rutgers. Same. Rutgers. Everybody's heard me bitch about this a thousand times. Pardon my French. I just said that. Uh, I just, uh, I just I'm said shocked, that Chris. No, I know, but I feel like you're... Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're like I'm a comedian. I feel like you're so clearly slumming it right now. I shouldn't be cursing. I should watch the potty <laughs> no, mouth. I'm sorry fine. about that. No, it's, it's no, I'm having a meltdown over here. So wait, you went to a big state school too? Yeah, I go to a, a, uh, one of the largest state schools. One of the largest ones. And you still and you find that yeah. it's still an environment where you can just like let your guard down and be more free. That's great. That's great. Well, I mean, I don't know. Is that yeah. is that true? Because I was going to ask you. You're socially transitioning, right? You're starting. Are, have yeah. you started to change your appearance or the way you dress? And have you gone out into the college world as that? So for the past six months, publicly, I have like I started uh, painting my nails and like wearing like a ring or rings in public. That's the extent of it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I at the moment uh, am kind of uncomfortable in seeking out the the community that I. No, we exist because I, I feel like that I'm not a part of it. Like I, I feel like that I wouldn't be accepted in a part of it because I'm not like I haven't remotely transitioned. I, I don't present femme at all. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So this conversation is one of the times you've been most forthright about this. Then, huh? It is still something that you keep close to the vest day to day. Yeah, I, I'd say like under under six people know that I'm trans in my wow. life right now. Well, thanks for calling and talking to us. That's really nice of you. Let's all pause and ponder that for a second. Caller shared this with almost no one, and now they're sharing it with all of us. That's so brave, and I want to thank the caller for doing that. That really quiet moment that blows me away. Hey, since you know what? Since I broke the momentum already, I think now is the perfect time for some ads. We've got many sponsors helping bring you the show for free. Let's hear about what they have to offer. Use the promo codes. It helps the show if you do. And we'll be right back with more of the phone call. So, so happy to have a, a new sponsor on the show. A product I already use in my real life. Well, before they ever sponsored Sonos. It's amazing. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Sonos speakers are an incredible thing. They will improve the way that you consume TV and music. This is just true. Uh, my wife and I, we got them spread throughout our house. It all works so simply through the the Wi-Fi system. High quality speakers with a, such an easy to use app. My personal personal uh, recommendation. I'm not even reading the copy. You can hear it in my voice. Sonos, it brings your whole system together, your entire system. It's all one app. Like I said, you can control everything from songs to volume, which rooms you want it playing in. You group the rooms. It's really cool. You access all your favorite streaming services, audiobooks, podcasts. It puts it all in one place and it operates over Wi-Fi, not Bluetooth. That was a game changer for me. You don't have any dropouts, delays, no interruptions. When the phone rings... Nothing like that. Or when the, the person with the music has to leave, none of that. You never leave the music with Sonos. And now, for the first time ever, Sonos is offering our listeners 10% off one order of $1,000 or less for any product on Sonos.com. The offer is available for a limited time only, cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Just use the promo code STORIES10. That's capital STORIES, S-T-O-R-I-E-S, capital letters, one zero at Sonos.com. To receive this exclusive order, I'm telling you, I've used these things for a very long time. I love them. You guys are going to love them too. Studying for standardized tests can be really stressful. The ACT, the SAT, they have a huge impact on where you go to college, the scholarships you get. You got the GRE, the GMAT, the LSAT, the MCAT. It's all count a lot for grad school. Even the names are intimidating no matter where you are in your studies. It's important to get a great score. Fortunately, Magoosh Online Test Prep helps you to get 
test day feeling confident. You'll feel prepared. You're not going to break the bank doing it either. Just go to magoosh.com to access hundreds of practice questions, study schedules, and video lessons that let you study anywhere on any device. Even get access to their expert tutor team if you need extra help. Plus, if you're retaking a test, Magoosh offers a score improvement guarantee. If you don't improve, you get your money back because Magoosh wants you to succeed. Here's what some of their students say. Magoosh provides great explanations and examples that really stuck in my head, even though I only crammed for three weeks. Highly recommend it. Magoosh was the only study material I used and clearly the only study material I needed. The organization was superb and the practice questions were spot on. You visit magoosh.com, enter promo code BEAUTIFUL, you get a 20% off discount. That's magoosh, M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com, promo code BEAUTIFUL. Thanks again to all the advertisers who help us bring this show to the world for free. Now let's get back to the phone call. Under six people know that I'm trans in my life right now well thanks for calling talking to us that's really nice of you you're welcome well like i feel like you're someone i'm comfortable talking about it with chris actually which is a like super weird thing to say no i'm into that well i'm i'm psyched people are comfortable talking to me that's nice because i'm i'll say here's a a very real way like this the stuff you do is like super important to me so that's why i kind of felt a little more comfortable talking about it why, well, why, nice do you, why do you why do you why do you think that what, what is it about the show that you appreciate in terms of what Chris brings to the table? I'm just curious because I asked him, and uh, he has some some theories. But I bumble I bumbled through. But, an but answer. what what is it? I'm curious. <laughs> yes, what is it about me that's so great, Amelia? What is it about me that's so amazing? <laughs> the first time I ever saw Chris was on DailyMotion.com. There was oh. a documentary about Action Park, <laughs> and he was one of the talking heads. Are you familiar with Action Park, Katie? No. Okay, Amelia, yeah, I can feel this you. was probably like 2013, 2014. Yeah. Action so, Park. I feel very unhip. Yeah. No, it's not hip at all. It's this weird. It is an amusement park in New Jersey that was open from the 70s till the early 90s. That was just complete mayhem. They were clearly paying off the local cops. And there to was a whole documentary them. about this. It was, like a, it was like 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long, and I was like a talking head in it. But you can. Did you ever? Were you familiar with Action Park growing up, Amelia? No, uh, my mom is from North Jersey, but she never went. It's every single kid who ever went there got hurt somehow, myself included. And it was like something we were all proud of. Like if you grew up in North Jersey in the 80s, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Action Park. I'm going to go on the Alpine side and I hope my arm breaks so I can brag about it. It was like you had to go get hurt. It was like a rite of passage. Yeah, it's part of growing up in Jersey back then. Funny. Well, that's such a strange way to... Not strange, actually, but I the, yeah. I don't usually get that one as the first. Fir- so that was the entry point, but yeah. what about the show? Yeah, and, and for, from, from there, I found um, TCGS when I was, like, a sophomore in high school. Nice. Oh, yeah. And, That's um, rad. And Chris knows and talks about, like, the community within that show. Like, yeah, I, I find it amazing. I think uh, it would not be an understatement to say that, like, Chris and the stuff he's done, like, has been something that has, like, saved my life and kept me sane. Because he's just an amazing person, and the community he's created, I think, is really cool. That's, That's awfully so nice. nice. That's super nice, Ian. I'm happy I was able to help out. And if I can, if I can take the lonely, nervous high school kids of this world and give them a bizarre public access TV show to feel good in, I'm pretty proud of that legacy. That's pretty nice. We all just stopped talking. Amelia, are you still there? <laughs> Caller, oh, I'm still here. Caller, I'm sorry. are you there? Well, thank you for your so, kind So I, I have a million questions. Can I ask them? Yeah, more? let's go for it. <clears throat> so I'm curious. Yeah, go for it. Ab- I, I'm curious about um, 
so so you're now painting your nails and you know yeah. in very some very subtle ways kind of letting your true identity start in very nascent stage start to emerge what what kind yeah. of reaction are you getting from some of the other kids at this big state school, uh, are you getting some raised eyebrows or how are people treating you as a result? Or are they kind of ignoring it? Uh, it's people are mostly ignoring it. Like obviously my <laughs> friends compliment me and think it's cool. Um, like one or two times I've had people say like, Oh, your nails are cool. But really it's something people are indifferent to for the most part. If you could be, if you could dress any way, you wanted to dress and sort of if you had your druthers what would you what would you what would you wear going to class uh that i really don't have an answer to i haven't explored like actually doing the clothes part of anything um at all it's something like actually super like anxiety inducing for me really? it's just not something i'm ready to do i don't think uh-huh so you're at like the beginning of this like i want to do it in, in private but not not publicly yeah I think that's like, I I hear you when you're saying like it's so anxiety inducing and nerve wracking, but I can, I can say have, being someone who hasn't lived through that experience, but being someone who like felt pretty awful internally for that, that feeling of like you're at the beginning of this thing and you get to figure it all out for as anxiety inducing as that is, that must be super exciting too, huh? Yeah, I am kind of excited because I know in the end I'm going to find some awesome queer people to be friends with and also be an awesome queer person i'm excited to get there it's just kind of you know crappy right now yeah that's bummer sorry that you're in the valley but it's so funny it's like it's like one of those things that from the outside i feel you know having friends who have come out uh, in all different ways um i feel like it's so weird for me as someone who doesn't even know you to say like from the outside i'm like I'm excited for you, but from the inside, I can imagine it's like the most nerve-wracking experience of your life. Yeah. Well, I, re- I really do appreciate you saying that, Chris. It means a lot. Yeah. Colleges have changed so much, haven't they, in terms of gender-fluid people and people who are, you know, gender non-conforming and people who are trans. And, and it, it, do you find that that there's an array of people at your school and and does it make it seem better or easier or is there still a huge stigma attached to it because i you know i went up to yale for my documentary and talked to some of the students there who were you know because i wanted to understand sort of pronouns i wanted to educate myself i wanted to understand what it felt like to be fluid or gender nonconforming and to use a pronoun they Yale is a very progressive school, and I'm curious if at your school is if you're seeing signs of of acceptance for people who are gender nonconforming. So I go to uh, just for some context. I go to so it's like in the Midwest. So it's a Big Ten school, um, not known for yeah, not known for necessarily its That's most I, liberal, social, progressive nature. Uh, the thing is. Surprisingly, I found to be a lot more liberal than the town I grew up in. But yeah, there's a lot of it's um, a football school still through not, and through. Yeah, which is yeah. But college campuses but in general are surprising. Visible, uh, sorry, no, I just was go, saying to Chris that college campuses were were you know were really surprising these days, and you know even schools like 
I think yeah. have pockets of a lot of you know yeah. a, a much more diversity. If I'm if I'm correct, is that correct? I, mean, I would have yeah. to imagine. There's a very large visible queer community here. Um, it's been really cool. Like they they've done a lot of cool stuff. I know last year uh, my former RA got them to put um, a pronoun option for orientation name badges. Nice. What's so, your- there's some institutional stuff coming along that's making some things better. That's nice. And what's your major? What are you studying? When you're not when you're not just uh, answering questions from me and Katie Couric, Amer- <laughs> America's own Katie Couric. What, what's your What's the rest of your days like? Because this feels like a thing that you're still. So keeping I study secret. math and economics. Math. What? Everybody knows. Everybody yeah. listening to this show knows my opinion on math. Math is for the birds, if you ask me, Katie. Um, no, but you're I'm not good at math. But I th- I, th- when I say that, I feel like one of those Barbies who was rigged to say, I hate math. And it was considered so sexist and terrible. This was like 10 existed? or 15 years ago. There was a Barbie that said, I hate math? Yeah, and it was Wow, talk about very, gender norms. Yes, exactly. That's super toxic. Yeah. I know, right? So we, I think it got shelved uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Math. Wow, that just, you're smart. You guys smart are person. too young to remember that enormous, ginormous controversy about Barbie yeah. hating math. Yeah, it was not my... Uh, I really admire people who are good at math because I'm not... Ooh, I can't take... Yeah. You figured it out. So you're just what do you want person. to do with that, with math and economics, Amelia? Have you thought about sort of how you want to apply apply that education or those skills? Yeah, so I want to go to grad school for economics, and uh, a lot of economic theory requires you to have a pretty good background in under like undergraduate level math. So it's more or less an implicit requirement at this point to have either a math minor or major if you're going to go to an econ grad school. Wow. I did. I've done comedy. At, I've been out there. You you were at Worcester last year. I went to Worcester last year. That's right. Yeah, you keep tabs on my schedule. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, was going to say Amelia's a groupie. I look think. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll take no, it. Right. I, I was trying to see you live. I checked your website and I saw Worcester and I tried to get there, but it wasn't going to happen. Sorry about that. Well, I'll 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 make sure any uh, Ohio shows coming up. I keep you plugged on. <laughs> but yeah, no, maybe like ten years ago, twelve years ago, I did improv at. Uh, and it was a it was oh, a okay. it was a fine enough place. There's a sandwich shop there though yeah, that stole nice. Rutgers sandwiches. Rutgers has these signature PJs, sandwiches. Yeah, they stole our sandwiches. The one good thing about Rutgers is they the fat did. sandwiches, and you guys stole them. Are you, are you familiar yeah, honestly, with the, the grease uh, trucks? PJ's is not very good. Really? PJ's is ter- it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's so bad. I don't want to wish ill upon any small business. So there's these trucks. At I was going to say I'm three for three. No, here's Chris. The, here's what we got. Katie. Here's what we're looking at. You get these sandwiches out at Rutgers. Like I used to get a sandwich that was on one roll. It was chicken fingers, cheese steak, That's so French nasty. fries, and mozzarella sticks on one sandwich. It's delicious. That is nasty. It was so good. It was what I had. It was all I had as a college student at Rutgers. I go to and they have the same thing, and they're not giving credit where credits due. How much did that cost, and did that last like, like four, four meals or like, something? It lasted like four bucks. Well, I don't know, because you generally only get it when you were com- cross-eyed drunk. Yeah. So I don't even remember how long it lasted. I had already lost all sense of time by the point I was buying one of those. Now, where we went to school, where I went to school, and if you were overserved, as they say, mm-hmm. we went to the university diner, and we got a one-eyed bacon cheeseburger. One-eyed? What, right, which is a fried egg Ooh. and a bacon cheeseburger. And then we got this thing called Grills Wits, which were glazed donuts that were put on the grill, two of them, smashed and kind of heated up. 
one on top of the other with a big scoop of vanilla ice cream. Oh, that's all I want in my life right now. My my brother-in-law used to call that hitting and holding food. Amelia, you, you Griswitz sounds pretty rad, right? That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you have siblings? Great question. Yeah, I have an older sister. And and have you been able to talk to her? No, nope, not at all. We don't have a great relationship. Wow. So it's really, and your dad, you said you're not interested in telling your dad what's going on yet either. Uh, no, not right now. Yeah. Is that just going to be, you think that's just going to be like tough conversation? It'll be something I figure out. Yeah. But six people. So those are mostly, you said you were able to confide in six people. Are those childhood friends, college friends, uh, people who are uh, part so- of the- <clears throat> There was like a six or so month period where only one person knew, and that was like my best friend. Um, and then actually in the past two weeks, I've come out to a lot of like, um, it was pretty much mostly girls that I've known. I don't, yeah, I know from high school. Yeah. Have you have you thought about picking one random person that you're not close with at all and inexplicably telling them just to confuse them? Have you thought about this strategy? I'm thinking about how. The, well, I the almost did that aspect. last night. You did. You almost told a random. I was just so kidding. I went to. Um, oh no, my best friend goes to the University of Pittsburgh, so um, I hung out with her. We went to visit our other friend at, in Pittsburgh, and we just went to like some random pre-med kids party with people I didn't know. And I, I almost like used the um, like the name I'm using now because in my real life I go by the name my parents gave me. Right. But I kind of chickened out. Wow. Oh, so you almost, you like, so is that the next step that you see is using the name in social situations that you're choosing for yourself moving forward? Is that like the next big step you're, yeah. you're, you're feeling out? That's cool. Yeah. And how did you, I, your best friend, I think this would be useful. How, how, I'm assuming your best friend is somebody you grew up with. Is that right? Um, we became friends sophomore year of high school. So for a while. We didn't like grow up together, but like, yeah. And, and so, how, how how did your friend uh, help you, kind of, uh, sort of with this? And and obviously, that friend has been very supportive. I think this might be instructive for people who may have a friend who comes to them and talks to them about something like this. And it sounds like your friend was indeed really supportive, right? Yeah. So for me, I told her she was she was in Italy for an entire semester, like starting in January. So we like the first time we FaceTimed when she was there, I just like texted her that beforehand. And we just kind of started having a regular conversation and it went in that direction. And um, she's just very supportive, very understanding. Uh, I think it's important that she didn't really ask me anything invasive. Um, She let me kind of explore things and bring things up as I wanted to, which I think is super important. Because it can be stressful when someone, like, you tell someone, oh, I'm trans, and they're like, oh, okay, like, you have, like, makeup and clothes, and it's just, like, it can be very um, frustrating and scary. But I think that was important, like, just kind of being there and listening. Take the cues from that person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's a thought I have, is exploring this is very anxiety-inducing. It's totally understandable. You said it fills you with anxiety. I get it. I get it. Yeah. If there's anyone who knows anxiety, it's this guy. And I, and of course, yeah. Have do you have like have you fantasized about like what are the ways to explore this? Like, are you ever like I'm going to buy a plane ticket to a city where nobody knows me, 
I'm just going to have a weekend where I feel this stuff out. I'll come home and I'll see what sticks. Have you like thought about, have you fantasized at all about how you're going to dive in a little more? I have, but in very abstract ways. Like I definitely like want to learn makeup. Like if my friend has time tonight, I'm going to go over to her house and she's going to like try to teach me makeup and doing that publicly is kind of something I want to do. Um, Clothes in a very abstract sense. Like I don't really have any specific ideas, but clothes or something. Like I want to present more time with that. And then uh, earrings. I'm going to get my ears pierced. So you have the baby steps planned out. I like that. What a cool point. Yeah. It's so cool that you, you're calling and talking to us at this point. Cause this feels like a, I would have, like, in my experience, a lot of the people I've talked to are people who are at the end of this process, who are publicly saying, like, nope, this is me, I'm I'm good to go, meet the new me. And you're saying a little bit of a variation on that, which is, like, I am aware that the old me is not the me, and I'm going to discover the new me, but I'm not quite there yet. And that's, like, what a ballsy time. Uh, what a bad phrase to use, Gethard. <laughs> what a bad, I, I knew I was going to put up. Good. No, you're good. Nope. Listen, you're Move saying I'm good because I had good intentions and you know that, but of all the yeah. phrases to use, why do I have to be so from New Jersey I using know, language like in that? In general, a good like I think a good yeah. thing when like interacting with trans people and you think you might have said something offensive is like don't make a big deal about apologizing or the fact that it was said, just kind of yeah. Direct yourself and move on. I'm going to move on, but I just want everybody to know I'm aware that that yeah, was yeah. a real bad move of all times. But no, I do my best. I told you in the beginning of all the things. Who cares? Anyway, who cares? I so want to know if if, if you've had a chance to to be with or talk to any other trans people, because I imagine, you know, I think people find a lot of comfort and support in in talking to other people who have had similar experiences. Like I know when my husband died and uh, I really appreciated talking to other widows um, about sort of what they went through. And I'm, I'm curious if that's been helpful for you. It's not something I uh, feel ready to explore yet. I know there are, like there are some support groups in my area, but again, like I'm not ready to kind of come out and publicly say, like in person, be like, hey, I'm a trans person kind of dealing with this kind of stuff. I think it is something I want to do eventually because I think um, finding a community is something I'm looking forward to. It's just something I'm not ready for at yeah. the moment. I guess I'm not. But I do think of, it will be positive. Yeah, I think I meant more of sort of like a one on one if, if you know, if that you had any uh, friends no, or anything that like that. Not Maybe not in such an overt kind of public way. Do you ever think I'm. You know, I'm I'm emphatic. I feel very strongly about this. Or do you have reservations? Or do you go back and forth? Or do you feel, um, while anxious about this transition, do you feel less anxious than you did when you felt uncomfortable with who you were? You know what? Let's everybody take a deep breath and ponder our futures and our anxieties because we all are in that one together. As we do so, one thing that might you know, help, uh, help get us through is just some ads, some ads from the advertisers that bring you this show for free. Uh, they got a lot of good products and services. Please do check them out. And we'll be back with more phone call right after this. I love RX Bar. This is true. This is a true thing about me. I've been eating RX Bars for breakfast pretty much every morning. Great, good meal on the go. 
I am into it. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with a few simple, clean ingredients to all serve a purpose. Egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture. And look, full transparency, they put all the core ingredients right on the front of the package. That's no BS. I'm looking at one right now. I got one in front of me because it was in my pocket. I'm going to eat it later. List three egg whites, six almonds, four cashews, two dates, no BS. It's a really good thing. Perfect for breakfast on the go, snack at the office, throw it in your bag for a bike ride, a hike, whatever you need. Better yet, beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX bars actually taste delicious. I can vouch for this. They got 11 delicious flavor varieties. All of them are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, free of any added sugar, artificial colors and flavors, preservatives, fillers. You can actually taste the cacao which I've never been quite sure how to pronounce. Maybe I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe I'm not. You can taste the real fruit, the spices, like sea salt. The one I got in front of me right now, chocolate sea salt. Delicious. Whether you like it sweet or savory, chocolate fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. I'm, I've, I've, you've said it many times. I'm eating these things almost every day. I like it. I'm looking at this chocolate sea salt one. I'm mad it's not in my mouth right now. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash beautiful Enter the promo code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash beautiful. Promo code is BEAUTIFUL for 25% off your first order. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Use those promo codes if you're inclined. Helps the show. Now let's get back to the phone call. While anxious about this transition, do you feel less anxious than you did when you felt uncomfortable with who you were? So I feel, I still feel a lot of anxiety, but it's not the same kind of anxiety. Um, the kind of stuff I used to feel was an unspecified self-hatred for reasons I couldn't explain, but now it's more so just kind of anxiety about the uncertainty of my future and, you know, being a woman and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a kind of a, a different kind of anxiety, but yeah, but all things considered, a preferable anxiety to sort of feeling trapped or feeling confused by your anger? Yes, I think so. Cause now I can, this is something I can identify and for lack, I don't use the word fix, but make better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like at the very least, it's like the anxiety of be- feeling stuck in where you were has been replaced by the never ending anxiety of wondering where things are going. Oh yeah. Like I, I, <laughs> Um, I started hormone treatment two weeks ago, so I've just been an emotional, anxious mess. I got to say, I'm a little surprised. Like everything you've been saying, it sounds it has sounded to me like you know, like painting nails, and and that's so you're you're going for the hormone treatment. I'm a little surprised. That's cool. Yeah, but the emotions I am too, out of actually. control. Um, yeah, it's it's just wild. As part of it's just like a placebo because it's the like it's a step in the experience, and I'm thinking about everything, but it's just weird and emotional and stuff's going on just yeah wow wow i have to tell me tell me if i'm overstepping my bounds with these questions but when you say emotions like are there incidents you notice like when you start taking the hormones do you like is there is there something like where you're like oh this is this is taking effect i'm getting emotional in a way Uh, i usually don't like do you are you like does like a commercial come on and you're like Wait, this is what? What is that? I'm, I'm getting upset about this. Do you have any moments like that? Since starting them, I've cried probably three times a day. <laughs> well, for me, I, I I cry. How many times have I cried this week? I think four. Really? Twice during War for the Planet of the Apes. Really? It was great. I loved oh, it. 
God, that movie is getting I such cried during rave Spider-Man reviews. Homecoming. It's okay. I cried <laughs> twice during Spider-Man Homecoming. Look at that. So you're, you're a nerd like me. But Planet of the Apes yeah. beat Spider-Man this weekend, right? I don't know. I haven't looked up yeah. the box office yeah, scores. Yeah, they did better. I think it pulled in $55 million. Really? Mm-hmm. The Apes taking down Spider-Man. It's a little weird that I know that. Yeah. But this is thanks to my stupid phone that I, you know, just get bombarded with information <laughs> even if I don't want it. I'm like, ah! You soak it up. Look at that. So we both <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? $55 million versus Spider-Man, which brought in wow, the how booth much? is checking. The booth is officially checking yeah. on the tally, the Spider-Man <laughs> tally versus War of the Planet of the Apes. But it, I'm I'm fascinated by this War of the Planet of the Apes because it's so that good. was such a goofy movie when I was little, oh, the original one with Charlton Heston. That's my mom's favorite movie. Really? Yeah. Maybe I missed something. Amelia, Maybe I need like- to go back and do a... a, a War of uh, Planet oh, of the Apes marathon. It's really good. It's really. Have you have you been watching these new reboots on this Amelia on the Planet of the Apes? If you like Spider Man, I have not. I've been meaning to watch like oh, original Planet of the Apes at some point. Check them out. Well, I, I haven't. You gotta check these things out. You gotta check these things out. I've been trying to get like old school sci fi, like Planet of the Apes two thousand one Metropolis. Yeah, I haven't seen Metropolis. The first Planet of the Apes. Pretty good. I mean, completely bizarre. The masks look like a nightmare. The masks the are like makeup a nightmare. The is so bad. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's something about it where it is so bad. And Charlton Heston is in that movie, and I just am, I know he was Moses. Just yeah. not a big Charlton Heston fan He's myself. great in it. It's no. off me, a damn dirty. It was pretty good right there. I mean, I'm not even spoiling it too much because that's an iconic line. <laughs> Anywho, what parts of Spider-Man made you cry? Cover your ears if you don't want spoilers oh. and you're listening. I know my two. I don't think it's going to be that spoilery. It was definitely the one part when Peter and Tony are in the limo and like Tony reaches over and he thinks he's giving him a hug. So Peter hugs him. Yeah. And I teared up because I was like, Peter just like wants a figure in his life to be like supporting him, his supporting uncle. him in this. And like no one really gives yes. a shit that he's doing all this stuff his right now. His uncle is gone and he's finding that paternal yeah. warmth that oh, he's been looking for. Oh, was his uncle Cliff Robertson? His uncle was not. In the new one, they don't even no, worry about the No, but originally. With Tommy McGuire. There's been so many. There's, yeah, I mean, Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. I think it was, I think Cliff, it was Cliff Robertson yeah, was I think his that's uncle. Right. That I'm really went, not up to snuff on my Spider-Man oh, movies. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I grew up on this stuff. So okay, so that's a great one. What's the other one that made you cry? And then I'll give you my two. Uh, probably the end because maybe, maybe like the stuff with Pepper and Tony. I liked a lot. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'll tell you my two. And then all the family stuff, obviously. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine, especially for you right now, the idea, again, cover your ears if you do not want a spoiler for Spider-Man Homecoming. Cover your ears. Pause the Use that 15-second skip forward button. I have to imagine that end with the... I know what you're referring to. Are you referring to when his aunt walks in and sees him in his outfit and goes, wait, what the... And it's like the end of the movie, and she realizes, wait, this person is not exactly who I thought they were. Yeah, a little bit. Dad, yeah, what a weird time for you to see Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird time for you to see Spider-Man. That must have been a little eerie. I cried at the part where he got to ask out a girl to the prom like he was just a regular kid again, where he was 
He had a few oh, minutes. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, you I full out cried. cried Colin, was, and it Colin cried. was terrible. Cried, yeah. And then the other time was when he lifted all the, all the cement off himself. But that was more because it reminded me of the, there was a scene in the comics where that happened. And it was, that, I thought back to that and that made me cry. I actually, okay, yeah. Katie, you'll like this because I can feel your subtle judgment of me crying during Spider-Man, no, which I'm I not, totally get. I'm not subtly judging I totally, you. You did. I, no, I heard in fact, it. I'm okay. impressed. Well, but a, I just, I'm, I'm surprised, like full out crying. Yes, weeping, tears on my face, wet. Moist, not welled up. In your cried, popcorn, cried. Yes, my popcorn got saltier <laughs> through my tears. When I, when Spider Man showed up in Captain America: Homecoming, I burst out crying because I realized they got him right. And then after the movie, my wife, I was talking to my wife about other stuff, and I said, um, "Thank you for not making fun of me that I cried about Spider Man." And she said to me, "That's the third time I've seen you cry about Spider Man." And then she said, "At least this one was a movie." The other two times you were describing issues of Spider-Man comics to me and you got worked up and <laughs> cried. So that's where I'm at with my emotions. I just have one word for that. What's that? Wow. Yeah, I get it. Deserved. <laughs> and I'm not on hormone treatments. I, I, got, I just cry. I just cry all the time. I cry all the time. Amelia, you have no response. You got no, you're not into it. I'm here. No, sorry. I'm She's got conversation nothing. Sometimes. No, I am too. It's for a guy who has made his whole living off of conversing. I'm awfully bad at it. No, you're good at it. You know, Thanks, nothing's Katie. wrong with nothing wrong with some dead air. You know, I think people are so afraid of dead air. Thanks so much. Because I'm kind of a master and, of dead and, air. <laughs> but I think it's okay because I don't know. I think if people have conversation in real life, they pause. Yeah. You know, they just don't pause on podcasts on radio or on television. Yeah. Everything moves hyper quick. Yeah. And I was asked to do a, an interview with suggestions for political candidates. And I said, don't feel uncomfortable with dead air. Because what happens is in an interview, people say more than they want to say yeah. because they want to fill up the yeah. empty space. And that's when you get them. That's when you get them. <laughs> that's when you get them. So don't fall into that trap, people. If you're running for office and you've got someone like me who's just sitting there and letting you I talk, I love this. I love this. Do not, do not take the bait. You're saying here's how I lay my traps that they fall into. No, I just sometimes you just let people talk, and okay. you know sometimes the person who's do, who's being interviewed they can just stop talking, and then everybody has to deal with the empty yeah. space. Yeah. Anyway, thank That's you. That was a brief aside. I want to I want to ask Amelia one question about sure. the the current climate. Do you feel? I mean. For for somebody, for many people, I think it's almost dizzying how much trans issues have come into the forefront. And, you know, I have friends because I did this documentary, that, and it sounds like at so many different schools across the country, there's a student who's transitioning. Um, you know, I think maybe Caitlyn Jenner deserves some credit for at least bringing this issue out into the open. And... Um, and I'm just curious what you think, Amelia, about this sea change, this societal change that um, we're, we're, I think, seeing un- unfold before our eyes in real time and, and how, how that's sort of influenced you one way or another. Um, so like, I, I don't want to say anything like, just like I want to acknowledge that like, I, I don't know everything no, no, everything, no. So I don't want to like say something misinformed or just anything. In your, um, just in your me, personal experience. 
I like that there's a lot more visibility. I think visibility is super important. There, uh, social media, I think, was has been a really important thing for me oh, for becoming cool. comfortable with it. Just like seeing visibly queer people on social media and you know listening to queer music, like finding that there's a community that makes some really cool stuff was what um, made me feel good about it. I guess. And feel safer, I guess, right? I mean, can you imagine yeah, 10 like years the, ago, like, not having access to to things like that? It must have been much, much scarier. Yeah. Like, even thinking about it through pop yeah, culture. I can like, only imagine. Like, when Boys Don't Cry came out, that seemed like a shocking, shocking film. And now I feel like it would be regarded as, like, a well-acted, well-made film. With It wouldn't be so shocking now. I think. Who knows? I agree. But I'm a no, I totally agree. One of my I think so. One thing I do kind of want to say about like just media and trans people, real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, Go for please. it. Yeah, it's your, the floor is yours. Uh, if, so if there are like films or TV shows that have trans characters, like have trans women play those characters, like we don't have to have men playing these characters because that kind of perpetuates the whole thing. Like, oh, a trans woman is just the men playing, man, like a man in dress up playing pretend, like cast trans women in film. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That's why I do think, like, I don't know your opinions of the show, but I think Laverne Cox, real cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to hear? I think this will make... So one of my favorite people in the world, one of my very good friends, played music on my way. And this is a person who played music on my TV show named Malplum, who has really been just a joy in my life. One of my very, very good friends, queer artist, doesn't identify in a binary way. I once went and saw a basketball game at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and I went to wander into the restroom, and I had my head in my clouds, and I was walking into what is marked as the women's restroom, and I did not know Mal was also at this basketball game, and Mal came out of the restroom, and we physically bumped into each other, and Mal was like, Gethard? And I was like, Mal? Mal was like, what are you doing going into the women's room? And I was like, wait, what are you doing coming out of the women's room? And it was a moment when I realized that my perspective had successfully changed because it summed up everything about my relationship with my friend where I was like, you don't... And Mal's like, yeah, this is the only option. We're going to move on. And I'm like, oh, right, right, right. This is the world we live in. But I enjoyed bumping into my friend as I forgot that men's and women's rooms existed. I enjoyed that. I don't know. You're not so amused hey, by Mal's history. a really good person. Mal's the best. You you know Mal. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, Mal's the yeah, best. Um, like I've listened to their music since discovering them on your show. And then they wrote a piece about... Um, NYC Pride recently that was really good. Yeah. Mal's not such a fan. Mal's not such a fan of certain practices yeah. going on at NYC Pride. but Like what? I've, the article you read, I think a lot of it was about like corporate involvement, right? Uh, and payment. Um, payment like, of artists. Uh, their main issue was that the, the, the headliner was a straight artist being paid, like obviously a ton of money to play at Pride, but they weren't playing, they weren't paying like these smaller kind of queer groups from the area local new york artists mm-hmm. yeah and i was like like i i have to pay my band something like is there anything you can set aside and they're just like no like it's the whole thing about like we're gonna support the queer community but kind of in name only like we're not gonna support you financially or institutionally we're just gonna once a year you know put rainbows on everything yeah i get that i get that that's a bummer Amelia, we have about six minutes left. I've had a good time talking. Six minutes, okay. You've really opened my eyes on stuff. I've had a great time. I hope I wasn't like too awkward or sad or bad during this. No, no. you've been great. Aw- I mean, do you were oh, you were awful, nervous thanks. initially? Do you feel kind of more relaxed now? 
Um, I'm probably going to think this went terribly until, like, if it comes out, people comment on it. I don't think it... I think you did did a great great job. Are you feeling, like, are you pitted out right now? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm scared. (laughs) My one fear is that, like, stuff I've said here is going to be taken to be, like, a voice for the entire... No. No, I don't think... I don't think so. I I don't want to be that. Like, I'm just me. All I know is me. No, I don't... I think you made that abundantly clear. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And believe me, if anybody's going to be offended by anything, it's that I used the word ballsy in the course of this conversation. <laughs> so I've set the bar. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Nobody's nobody's okay. going to pick oh. apart what you have to say. I, I think you're I, okay. I, I, I think, uh, you know, I used to work with blind kids, and uh, I used to be a camp counselor at a blind camp. And, you know, we would say things like, hey, did you see what happened? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that, People can sometimes get almost too self-conscious about yeah. language. You know what I mean? And I think you did great, Amelia. Yeah. And I don't think you represented anyone but yourself. And I don't think you should be asked to. And I think, uh, I think, it, awesome. Yeah, especially. Would it be okay if I emailed you after this, Chris? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I don't know. Do you have my email address? Probably. I don't. Is it on your website? I don't know. I don't even know. Okay, Jared will tell you after. Yeah, Jared, Jared. Yeah, don't hang up okay. when the bell goes yeah, up. Jared, Jared will stay on the line with you. You don't uh, want to email me, okay. Amelia? Yeah, do you want to email I'm kind of feeling a little hurt. This is a little bit of a love fest. Well, no, I'm feeling like kind of like more the third like wheel. involved with this project. <laughs> and I'm not going to like, well, I have like a weird emotional attachment to Chris just because I've watched... You know, people eat burritos off of his belly. Now, Katie doesn't oh know God. what that refers to, and you're making me look real crazy. Now you're putting the screws to me, <laughs> I'm Amelia. I'm sorry, Chris. I no, once did I like an episode it. of my I, like it. Once did I an episode of my TV show where they built a burrito on my belly and ate it, and it was called the Belly Burrito. And if you'd like it, maybe you can send YouTube. me a link. It's on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be at the top of your queue. I'm really hungry, so right now that sounds incredibly <laughs> that, appealing to me. Well, it'll make you not hungry. So. <laughs> The thing. Thanks for throwing me under the bus on that one, Amelia. <laughs> Making me look bad in front of Katie Kirk. But in, in a serious way, like I do, like appreciate Katie Kirk like coming on, obviously, and I appreciate like the, the documentary thing. I think that was good that you kind of owned that you messed up and did something like you used the, the position you're in to do something positive, and I thought that was very nice. I'd love you to watch it and tell me what you think. Actually, you can tell Chris what you think, and then Chris can tell you me know, because the the, the doctor prescribes my hormones. He's telling me to watch it. Oh really? That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Well, That's um, cool. you know, again, it's it's a real. I saw I saw Caitlyn Jenner at this Vanity Fair party. How's that for a name drop and a place uh, drop? Wow. And what do uh, I got to do to get into Vanity Fair And Caitlyn said something party. like, you know, it was very. It was a good primer, and and I I, I mean, I think for people who are very aware of these issues, it's probably not that informative. But I. What I did it, it for people who weren't exposed to yeah. this and weren't comfortable. And yeah, it's a primer. To, yeah. 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 It's pronounced primer, actually. Is it really? Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. So no, that's okay. But primer is what you put up be- before you put the coat of paint on. I used to say this too. I used okay. to make this mistake. Really? And a primer is sort of an educational thing. I had what? No idea. Are you guys shaking you your heads? Are you guys making fun of me? It sounds I'm like. I'm such a little grammar. Teacher, but no, also, you know, awesome. I always use I, like I always use the word nonplussed incorrectly. People really? think that means. What do you think nonplussed means? Like Chris? you're not phased by something. No, what? that's wrong. It actually means agitated. 
It's exact opposite of what you think it would mean. So I taught you two something today. You taught me a little bit about Spider-Man, Morrissey, uh, the belly burrito. Uh What else didn't I know that was sort of bad? I don't know. I'm humiliated by this whole stretch (laughs) of this conversation. And I taught you about Primer and Nonplus. Look at that. Amelia, we got a minute and a half left, and I want to say I'm psyched thinking about the fact that you get to live a whole life, 20 years You've lived 20 years, one thing, and the next, however long you're alive, it gets to be much more what you want. I think that's so cool. Chris, I appreciate like you and everything you do, and I don't know if it's like vain, but I just kind of want to shout out that I have like some awesome, amazing, supportive people in my life. Like uh, Julia, her name specifically is like my best friend, and who's awesome. Katie, thanks for being a cool person, and like just thanks in general for being nice to me for an hour. Those other four didn't make the list, huh? The yeah, other four the, don't the get. The other four the, don't get on the it, list. I don't. No, the I don't other want to five. Okay, uh, 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 You've got fifty-two DJ, seconds. Leanne, you should name um, the other people. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Okay, Brittany, VJ, Leanne, uh, Emily, Isabel, Christina. Ooh, that's, I think eight. that's it. Look at that. Christina's bringing up the rear. That's fine. That, the, the, the <laughs> Julie. No, that's good. It's good that you have supportive friends. And uh, I'm so it, it it took a lot of bravery for you to tell us about any of this, especially being at the beginning of the process. So super cool. You can't thank you enough. And I hope it all goes well. Well, thanks for the platform. I of just want to say good luck because um, I'm sure that you're feeling pretty trepidatious about everything. But it sounds like you're putting a lot of thought into kind of this path you're following. So good luck. Thank you very much, Katie. Thanks again to our caller for calling. I really hope everything goes smoothly and well. I know you're at the beginning of something so scary and uh, kept coming out that you were just like right at the beginning. And, and I tell you, so much love to you, so much support for you. And I think every listener of this show is uh, just really hoping that you're you're happy and, and, and wind up where you'd like to be. And thank you, obviously, to our guest host for this show, Katie Kirk. It was so nice that you stopped by. Please do check out Katie's podcast if you're so inclined. It's on the Stitcher Network. It's really great. And uh, it, it was so cool to, to get to be in it with you. Thanks to Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson, who helped me out with this show every single week. Thanks to the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn, who helped build it in its early days. Thank you, Shell Shag, for all the music. Want to know more about what I'm up to? Go to chrisgeth.com. If you like the show, Apple Podcasts, you can rate, review, subscribe on there. It really does help so much. Thank you again to our caller, to our co-host, and most of all, you guys for listening. See you next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Are you or someone you know preparing for a standardized test? You know, the ones with the acronyms ACT, SAT, GRE, GMAT, LSAT, MCAT. Magoosh Online Test Prep provides everything you need to get a great score with plans starting at just $79. You get study schedules, practice questions, video lessons, and support from expert tutors. Just visit magoosh.com. Enter promo code BEAUTIFUL for a 20% off discount. That's magoosh, M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com, promo code BEAUTIFUL. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, this isn't even one of the three top crazy things she talks about. And we went to a shop right one Sunday, and he put his blinker on. He always had a new Lincoln Town Car. Like, every year or two, he got a brand new black Lincoln Town Car. And he put his blinker on, and some 
guy came flying in and took his parking spot. And my grandfather wore a suit every day of his life, got out of the car, got a bat out of the trunk, and just busted this guy's window out, his back window, just got in the car, took another parking spot like it was nothing. And my sister and I were like, what the hell was that? And we were young. And I just remember thinking like, wow, Poppy's a beast. Like nobody messes with Poppy. Poppy's a beast. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. From the right, I'm Mark Hard. And from the left, I'm Peter. And I want you to come and listen to Hard Nation. We'll be talking to all the most interesting personalities from the news and pop culture. Including Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, team. How are we going to make exotic pets legal in California? Sean Spicer. Once Trump uh, put me in a headlock, gave me a noogie, <laughs> he'd be like, this is what the liberals want to do, and I'd laugh. And former presidential candidate Jill Stein. Oh, brother. <laughs> Things are getting rough out there. Now, the wonderful thing about Hard Nation is you don't need to know anything about politics to listen to this show. And frequently, neither do our guests. Subscribe to Hard Nation wherever you get your podcast. The podcatcher of your choice is language I've heard. Make America hard again. Oh, don't do that. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.